as I came up in the Lord, or actually, no, I was taught this once in um, Brooklyn Tabernacle when Pastor Simbla said something that was, I thought, very powerful. He said this. He said, think about what you think about. Isn't that great? Think about what you think about. Have you ever thought about what you thought about? It's just a great, it's, it's actually a pretty powerful tool to see where your heart is at. Watch this. Today we're going to look at the heart. Now, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, all that my parents taught me was behavior modification. Behavior modification. What behavior modification is, is that if you do something wrong, smack your sister, um, trip your brother, uh, take the cookies when you weren't supposed to, you know, take them out of the cookie jar, you know, you kind of snuck them in, right? You know, ate your mom's haagen right? Whatever it was that you did and you found that it was wrong, leave your clothes, you know, all over the bathroom. Um, I remember one time, this was, this was real clear, and boy, I never did this again. Well, I didn't do it when he was around. My father... Uh, I used to leave my underwear as a little boy. I used to leave my underwear in the bathroom, right? You, you go and you just leave your underwear there. And it just took one, it, it was behavior modification, but, but it worked. Um, he took me by my ear. I remember being on my tippy toes. That's how hard he had my ear. And I just kind of like, you know, walked over there. He goes, what's that? He goes, that's, I said, my underwear. And I didn't say it like that. I was like, my underwear. And, um, and then he said, I don't want to see it there ever again. Do you understand? Completely. Totally understand communicated very well. Behavior modification. Listen, he was addressing an action that I was doing. And he addressed it in such a way that I didn't do it again. Now, ask my wife if I've ever done that. I've done it a hundred times. Why? Because they never addressed the heart. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you've ever been in a situation where you've turned on the screen, where you've, you know, went outside the relationship, where you cheated on the money, like, you know, you took money, you know, where you lashed out with your tongue, with your, you know, you spoke in a way that was mean-spirited or cut someone down. If you ever did anything, and then at that moment, you said to yourself, why did I do that? I mean, I, I, or, or you said, you know, that's not even like me. No, 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 no. Listen, here's what the Bible is going to teach us today. The place that that came from. The, you go, have you ever done something maybe this week, maybe this year, maybe in the last 10 years, where you said, where'd that come from? Why'd I do that? Get angry, lash out, steal something. Uh, run away from a responsibility, you know, like you do something, and then you just kind of bail out and you go, why did I do that? Listen to me. You might think in your heart, you might think and say this in your mind. You might say, you know, I'm a good person. I really, you know, and someone who loves you might be kind enough to say, you know, that was so out of character. They're wrong. You know where that came from? Your heart. Go, no, 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 no. I'm a good person. I do good things. I'm generally very good and occasionally do bad things. The Bible would disagree with you. Say, no, 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 you're evil. And out of your heart come the wellsprings of life. See, this is shocking information. 
for many of us. Most of us have been taught, especially if you've grown up in America, that you're basically very good. Basically, fundamentally, at the core, you're very good. And that occasionally you do bad things. This could not be further from the truth. The Bible says you're born in sin. That means you're evil from jump. The only people who struggle with this are people who don't have kids under four. Like if you don't have children, you go, no, that's not true. No, if you got a kid that's three years old or less, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They got evil on their mind. They Watch this. Think of a baby. Think of a baby. If you have a one-year-old child and they have a toy that does not belong to them, belongs to the neighbor's kid, and the neighbor is about to leave, and you say... Timmy, give me, Jose, give me the toy. And they go, no, it's mine, mine, mine. And then you just go, okay, listen. And you take the toy away from them. They run up and they grab your leg and they just say, watch this. The only thing that's stopping that little child from murdering you, there's a rage that wells up in that child that if they were taller and stronger would surely lead to murder. And if you don't believe me, they're using every bit of their strength to get the toy back. If they were bigger and stronger, they could execute their evil plans. We have a heart that's corrupt. Now, what do you, you say, what does this have to do with a parenting series? Everything. Everything. And we're going to talk about how to bring it. But the first thing, the uniqueness of this series is that we're addressing the parent. Because it's, it's no good to say this is how you should raise your kids if your heart is just all wrong. If you're not thinking of glorifying God, if you're not thinking of lifting up the name of Jesus, if, you're not, if this is not on your mind, then for sure, no amount of training, no amount of teaching will help you. We are going to teach you today on how to guard your heart. Why? For from it is the well spring of life. I want to describe... Now, here's what we've been taught to do. I'm still... Let, let's just kind of finish this up. What we've been taught is to have a sophisticated filtering system, right? You learn this in dating. You learn this in... Um, you learn this in dating. You learn this in going to school. You learn this on your job. You learn this... You learn as you grow older... That there are certain things you must not do. Isn't this true when you went and started dating, right? I remember one time clearly where when I started dating, I, I, I had a date and I was just so naive to dating. I was a young kid and I just told this woman, this girl, um, my whole life story. It was a bit much. <laughs> it was a little overwhelming for a first date, right? Didn't have a second date. I learned quickly, hold some information. Present only what's being asked of you. I learned that you don't give out everything about you on the first day. Just learn that, right? Now watch this. That didn't change my heart. I just put a filter. I still want to, right? I just put a filter there, right? I learned that if I did not do um, what my parents asked me to do, I would have an unhappy home. I would have an unhappy happy home. So I, it didn't change me from disobedient to obedient. I just knew that when my parents asked for something in this particular relationship, that if I was going to get the kind of results that I wanted, 
I needed to put up a kind of filter, so I needed to stop. When I was at work, I knew that if I spoke my mind and told them, gosh, you're just a blockhead, That's not, that doesn't make any sense, you should have so-and-so, to, I'd lose my job. We learned this, right? And so your boss does something silly, and what do you do? You don't say a blessed thing, do you? Right? And some of you do say something, and, you know, that explains why you're unemployed now. And so, and so what we do is we, we, we hit up against life's rules. And what happens is we go, I don't want to hurt like that again. I don't want to feel that pain again. So what we do is we filter our hearts. And every now and again, every so often, like a screen. Anybody here have a screen on their window not to let the um, flies in? Like a screen with a hole in it, with a large hole in it. Every now and again, something passes the filter and comes out. And we go, where did that come from? I bet you know at this point. Your heart. It came from your heart. So we walk around in life and many times what we'll do is we think that people make us do stuff. For instance, you're married. I, I have a lot of illustrations because I'm married. And so, so you're married, right? And, you know, your husband starts asking you for something and he starts asking again and again. And then you explode. And the defense is, well, you made me, or if you hadn't, or if, if you would have. No, 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 that didn't come from them making you. That didn't come from now. You know where that came from? Your heart. It, it looks like this, right? So this, this is right here. This is our life. This is our heart, this container. And everything in it is what's in there. And we think... That someone every now, we're good people, and that someone every now and again comes in, ah, and we rage out, we act out, we, you know, we, we, we do things that we regret the next day, we, we, you know, we have morals that we compromise, we, we have standards that we go below, and then we have to lower the standards, and then we go below them, and we have to lower the standards. You know what that is, right? I'm not going to do anything but just going to take them upstairs and have coffee. And then I'm gonna, not going to do anything but kiss. I'm not going to do anything. And then it's just like you regret and, and ew, right? And if you would not have come upstairs and you wouldn't have invited, if you wouldn't have tipped over my heart, then all of this junk wouldn't have come out. Now look at all the work I got to do. Got to put all the junk back in. And now I'm going to make a stronger filter. If your heart's ever been broken in a relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Then you put a stronger filter and a stronger filter to the degree that your husband doesn't even know who you are. It's like he's married to a different person. Why? Because the filter's there. And the filter so deeply guards everything that comes out that the real you never shows up. This is really powerful stuff. This is, you know, we're going to learn some real deep, powerful truths. And it has everything to do with parenting. I mean, it's going to help you if you're not a parent, but it has everything. So your job then becomes keeping your heart away from the people that can tip it over. Right? And never addressing your heart. 
Let's read this scripture again. Because we're going to drill it into our heads. We're going to read it three more times, okay? Uh, uh, Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Do it again. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Again. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Now, here, test class. Cover your eyes. Cover your eyes. We're going to do it. Okay, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, it's off. Perfect. Cover your eyes anyway. Cover your eyes. Uh, Above all else... This is... Now, it's pro, by the way, it's Proverbs 4.23. You should, you should say that in your head. Watch this. Above all else, the wisest man that ever lived is the guy who wrote that. Let me tell you about him. His name is Solomon. Uh, outside of Jesus, he's the wisest man that ever lived. That's what the Bible calls him, the wisest man that ever lived. He writes, listen to me, he writes about marriage, raising up your children... How to have business transactions. You want to know how to have healthy business transactions? How to deal with your finances. And th- just watch this. If you're upside down with your finances, read Proverbs. He'll tell you. How to, I, one time, no kidding. One time I had um, co-signed for a friend. Two years later, after my credit was being ruined... Two years later, after my... Now, I had read the Bible cover to cover. It's, it's amazing how when your heart is hurting, how stuff, you start, all of a sudden, start getting open to scriptures you've read a hundred times. And it talked about not co-signing for anyone else. That if you do, run to that person, beg them to relieve you of the responsibility. The Bible says, don't co-sign for anyone. Why? It's wise. It's just wise. So Solomon talks about finances, he talks about rearing children, he talks about relationships with friends, how to have a healthy marriage. Solomon talks about uh, health and growing older. Solomon talks about what to avoid and what to pursue. In the book of Proverbs, they call it wisdom literature. Solomon talks about all these things. He's the wisest man that ever lived. He's writing Proverbs, he'll write songs. Before he, he dies, there are several books from the Bible that will have his penmanship. And he says, above everything else that I'm telling you, above everything else, okay, this is all incredibly important. Your life will be better if you start doing these things. And he says, the one that's paramount, the one that's of highest importance is this. Above all else. Well, gee whiz, what do you mean, above all else? That means above everything. Above all else. Above, above how you deal with your finances. Above how you relate with your spouse. Above how you raise your children. Above how you have business dealings. Above how you work uh, at work. Above what your um, uh, physical, you know, healthy habits are. You know, exercise, eating well. Above all of that. I'm going to give it to you guys. Guard your heart. You're kidding. You're kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. Above everything else. More than how much money you make. How much? Guard your heart. Why would you say that? For out of it comes the wellspring of life. Now the thing is, we think that our heart is like this and that someone has come over and tipped it over. 
And it's their fault. You made me. If you didn't, if you would have, you know, if you wouldn't. Your heart is not like that. Your heart is more like this. This is a popcorn maker. And it rocks. It actually makes popcorn straight from kernels. Right? And so, let's try to do this. I wonder if this is going to work. I hope it's going to work. Right? Inside your heart, there are things that are bubbling all the time. Inside your heart, there are things that are working. There are things that are moving. There are things that are at work. Right? You have bitternesses that were years ago that are still at work in your heart right now. You have incredible compassion that are at work in your heart right now. You have ideas and thoughts, belief systems. You have passions and ambitions and goals. You have desires and you have all this. And all of this is working in your heart. And without your permission, your heart will eventually start to pop out. It will start to bubble up. It will start to go all over the place. Now, some of us are very cool and we go, Oh no, I'll just, I'll just catch it. I'll just catch No, can't catch it all. It just starts to pop out all over the place. And you go, You may... No. You shouldn't. No. If you would have. No. It's what was in your heart already. Above all else, guard your heart. For out of it comes the well spring of life. Now the question is, and this is what I want to kind of get you away from. By the way, does everybody know, I should tell you this, I should have told you this at the beginning. You have a yellow card either in your bulletin or in front of you. It's probably in your bulletin. I'm going to ask you to write something there at the end of the service and I'll tell you what I'm going to ask you to write. And if you're going to do what we're asking you to do, I'm going to tell you, guard your heart. Just that's what you're going to be writing down. I don't want you to write it down now because you don't know where I'm taking you. But that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to have that yellow card out. If you're here for the first time, I want you to fill out as much as you feel comfortable with. And if, you're, um, you know, if you've been here for a while and you've already filled it out completely then you, or, and you haven't moved anywhere and none of the information has changed, you can just write your name. But listen along. Have that yellow card. Now listen. Why did that relationship blow up? Well, there were some extenuating circumstances, you know, I mean, she did and he did and, and they wouldn't. And, you know, there was this issue and about, you know, this past and, you know, that wasn't. But some, for some of you, it was the heart. Now, I've spoken a lot about this and I hope I have you kind of convinced at this point that your heart is the wellspring of life. Now, when it says the wellspring of life, again, it's not this dormant thing that someone has to tip over in order to come out. It's this thing that's hot, that's bubbling, that has stuff popping out all the time. It's the wellspring of life. It's not the lake of life. 
Your heart is not the lake of life. It's the wellspring. It gushes out. And when the Bible speaks about your heart, it doesn't speak... Okay. When, you know, because we have sort of a Greek kind of thinking. The Greeks came up with this. That the mind is where intellect, reason, math, thoughts, that's where that comes from. The heart is what? Emotions. Feelings. You know, that's where that comes from. The, the Bible knows nothing of that. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it doesn't just speak about the emotions, the desires, the feelings. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it speaks about where everything comes from. It's that intangible place that you go, you go, no, 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 I think with my mind. No, you don't. You think with your heart. No, 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 no. I, 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 I make decisions with my mind. The Bible goes, no, you don't. You make it out of this place inside of you that if we cut you open, we couldn't point to. If we cut you open, we couldn't say, okay, there's your liver, there's your ribs, there's your heart, there's your spleen. If we cut you open, we wouldn't be able to point at your heart. It's like your soul. And that's where all of life comes from. Now, Augustine, oh man, I hope I wrote this down. And I didn't. Um, Augustine said something tremendous. And I'm going to sort of paraphrase him. He says, he says, uh, he says that you're, in order to change your heart, it's not changing your actions. If you want to change your life, you don't change your actions. You change the affections. Isn't that good? In other words, if you want life transformation, if you want change, if you want to discover, and I'm going to help you to discover how we can guard our hearts, you can't change. Listen, if we could change, we'd have changed by now, right? Isn't it true? Like, if, I mean, am I the only one? Like, if I, could have, if I could be the way I want to be, I'd have been there by now. It's just, I can't change. And this is the problem. Growing up, in America, if you're in a 12-step program, if you're, which is, honestly, it's most of us, right? You're taught you've got to work this, do that, transform this. And you do this, and you work this, and you do that. And yet you still find yourself falling to the same temptations, Falling. I mean, you do a little bit better sometimes than others, but you still find yourself making those same errors, those same sins. Listen, changing your life is not about changing your behavior. It's not about transforming your behavior. It's about addressing the affections of your heart. Because listen, you will do what you're most in love with tells you to do. Okay. If it's money, let me give you a couple of examples to kind of flesh this up. If it's money, if it's money and money says, go into partnership, there's a lot of money to be made with this person. Yeah, but I don't know them very well. I don't trust their character. Uh, yeah, no, no, but look, he made thousands of dollars with so-and-so. He'll make thousands of dollars with you. 
well, I don't know him very well. You ask for suggestions. Everybody says the same thing. Don't do it. You've somehow figured out that you can do it if you put up these parameters. And what do you do? You obey where your affections lie. You do, if it makes me money, listen, you have a relationship. And in that relationship, you go, I am not going to dishonor this relationship, right? She says, I am not going to honor, dishonor this relationship. And what happens is you get married because you're honoring the relationship and you're together. And then what happens? The husband doesn't speak your love language anymore. In other words, he's not filling you and he's not giving you the encouragement that you need and he's not, you know, pouring into you. So because your greatest love, your greatest affection is to be loved and to be, you know, emotionally poured into, somebody in your job gives you that affection. Now, the commitment that you made over here was only contingent so far as the love was made. Because that's really where your heart is. Parents. It's a parenting series. Sometimes when we do for our kids, especially if we're in a blended situation or if we're a single parent, listen, we will just not 24 hours ago, I was talking to someone not from this church, I was talking to someone and he said that his child was living a crazy life and that he needed to take this child in at 25. I said, and I tell him what I, t- <laughs> 25, that's, that's, that's pretty old to be putting on diapers on him. That's pretty old to be putting diapers on your kids. I'm not sure if you're supposed to be cleaning up their mess. 25 is pretty old. But I said, and in the end, we talked to each other for about an hour, and here was the response. You don't understand. I wasn't there for them. I really abused them. I feel really bad about them. And I'm, I want to be there for them now. What was he working off of? Not guilt. It was guilt. That's where his affection, he wanted to, he didn't want to be a good parent for the child. He wanted to relieve himself of guilt. See, it's where the affection, if you want to change your life, you don't change the actions of your life. You change the affections of your heart. Here's the thing. Anybody here ever went through a really, really bad breakup? Anybody, like really bad, like, oh God, I'm going to die kind of breakup, you know, where you listen to like, you know, Barry White music and, you know, if you're in my generation, you listen to Luther Vandross, a chair is still a chair, even when there's no one sitting there, right? And so you go through that, right? And um, you go through that whole process and you feel really, really painful. And what does everybody say? And they have a very, it's actually kind of wise. You know what you need to do. Anybody know? You need to get with someone else. Yeah, you need to find someone else. You need to get back. What, what do they say? You need to get back on the horse. Yeah, man. Start riding. Giddy up, cowboy. Get some, get you somebody else. What are they saying? They're saying what Augustine said. You'll never change 
by the action, by listening to music, by staying home, by crying. You'll never change that way. You know how you'll change? Change the affections of your heart. And surely that person will be found in Studio 54. Now, if you've ever done that with a person from this, like if you've ever done that, if you've changed it from money to guilt, or from guilt to person, or from person to work, men, we do this all the time. We feel like we don't get enough respect at home. So what do we do? We get tons of respect at work. Tons of respect at work. If you're a guy and you know how to work, like you know how to do your job. Like I wonder if I'm speaking anybody else's language. Like if you're a dude and you get tons of respect, which is what, man, it's the, women, listen to me. It's the air we breathe. You want to you wanna suffocate your husband? Disrespect them. Just go ahead and disrespect them. You can do it in a million ways. It's not this sermon. But the, the point is, is that what do you do? You go, why? Because it's the affection of your heart. So if you're changing seats on the Titanic, if you change from one affection to the other, this will not solve your problem. The only way to guard your heart, listen to me, is to fall in love with the gospel. It's the only, watch this. If money is your God, right, and you just, and, and what, what do you do? Every decision that you make, you make for the sake of money. Because why? Because you want to buy nice things, right? All of America, just in case you haven't noticed, we're in a, a, a unique period of time. All of America, their God, generally speaking, was money. And what they did is they financed and refinanced and worked overtime and, you know, got the car and kept up with the Joneses and, never, you know, and just all this stuff. And what happened? Their love of money destroyed everything that they loved. Does that make sense? If you do this with your kids, if you make your kids from good things to ultimate things to God things, you'll love them. And when they grow older, they'll hate you for it. Some of you totally understand this. You were smothered by mom. You were overprotected by pop. And you were just like, you grew old and now you got issues. Now you go to a psychiatrist's office to explain how they messed you up. Listen to me. You've got, there there's needs to be a fundamental change in su corazón, in your soul, in your heart, in your alma, in your... It, it's the place of the heart that the Bible speaks of that everything gush is out from. You need... I, but I can't stop. I want to stop, but I can't stop. No, you don't want to stop. Yes, I do. Don't you see the tears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you, watch this. Here's the ticket. Worship a better God. Not money. Not respect. Not affection. Not the person. You know, boo, you my world. Oh, please. Let's grow up. If they're your world, you're in a world of problems. Why? Why? Listen, because anything that you put above... This is not new news, right? I'm not like preaching anything that's really spectacularly new to you. You know this intuitively in your heart. How many times have you given yourself to a relationship and then they walked out on you or cheated on you or you just, just made them your God? Best way to destroy a relationship, make them your God. We used to have a joke when we were a kid. I was like 16 years old. 
And uh, the joke was, if, and because we had seen, have you ever seen like grown men walk around and on their arm is like Debbie or Anna? And you go, oh, cool, your wife's name is Debbie. And then you find out, no, Anna's not, is, is it your mom? Your sister, I hope? And, uh, your kid? Nah, and then they tell you this long country song of a story uh, about how, you know, it was the love of their life. So I, I had a friend. I, I, now this goes out to podcast, so I have to be careful. Well, I have a friend, right? We're going to call him Steve. And Steve was 12 years old when he started to date his girlfriend, right? And Steve's girlfriend had like a very unique name, like a super unique name, right? Like not five people in the whole world had like Umfufu or something like that. It was a very unique name. And you know what he did? He got a tattoo of Umfufu. Not only her name, her face when he was 17 years old. Do you know? Now, of course, you're going to be with her because at 17, you know everything. At 17, you know what the rest of your life is going to look like. So he got Umfufu's name uh, on his um, arm. Didn't stop there. Got her face. Brought a picture of her. Paid like a thousand dollars to get this incredibly intricate. He did it in California, where the, you know this real artist, like really fine lines, beautiful. It looks just like her. <laughs> you couldn't mistake her. Yep, that's her. No question. You know what happened when he was 18? They broke up. Watch this. Anything. We we used to say that if you you know don't put a tattoo of a girl's name on your body because that'll guarantee that you'll break up. It's the same. And some of y'all are laughing out there because you got like on your hiney, right? Susie, you know, or something like that, right? It's like, oh, I wish I would have heard that before. <laughs> but listen, this is really important to understand. Watch this. Why? Because whatever you give your affections to, you spoil. Whatever. You give it to more money, then you go to make money, and then... The pursuit of money destroys everything your money bought. You give it to the person, right, the date, and then what happens? They, they get smothered. They can't take it anymore. They say things like, I need my space. If you give it to a feeling, right, if you give it to a feeling, you swear you're going to be um, faithful. You know you're going to be honorable. And what happens? The feeling leads you to do something that you would have never done. Why? It's the affections of your heart. Here's what you, listen, listen. The idea today is not to try to get you to do more stuff so that your heart could be right. You can't. That's the nightmare. The good news is, is that God has already done what you need to have done in your heart. It's called the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it this way. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Listen, if Jesus is the only one that if we love with our whole heart, he doesn't take, he gives back. doesn't matter what it is. If it's food, you'll be hungry again. And you'll need to feed yourself again. Gluttony. If it's people, then you'll either wear them out or something bad will happen and you'll, and you'll have to find another person. If it's finances, if it's respect, it's only as good. If you give your affections to anything other than Jesus, then it's only as good as the moment that they give it to you, right? 
Cheesecake is only delicious for the moment that it's in your mouth. And then once you're done with it, you just, what, what do you need? More cheesecake. Need more ice cream. Need more people. Need more affection. You need more feelings. You need one more click. You need one more view. You need one more cable channel turn. You need one more, one more, one more, one more. Jesus is the only one who fills and continues to fill. He says that if it drink, Jesus says, I am this fountain. And Jesus will tell you that if you drink, who, he who drinks from me will be gushing and overflow. He'll never be thirsty again. And he'll be a, a wellspring of life will gush in him. Do you understand that it's a, so how do we do this? Keep our eyes. Keep our affections. We say, Jesus, would you keep my affections on you? It's, let me tell you something. If you're arrogant, like if your greatest affection is you, like you're arrogant and everybody's got to bow down to you, and, you know, and nobody ever like really thinks this, right? Nobody ever thinks, like I've never met a, uh, well, I've met a few actually now that I come to think about it. But it's very rare that we walk around going, I'm prideful, I'm arrogant, I'm full of myself. If the world doesn't give me what I want, then I'm out of here. It's very rare that you meet that person, right? I am complete, I worship me. That's my God. I'm my God, right? Very rarely do you meet that person. But I tell you, most of us walk around that way. Here's how you, here's how you know that your affection is not Jesus and it's you. If Jesus doesn't meet the need that you have, your temptation is to go, where's God now? That's it. I'm out of here. I, was, I tried this Christianity thing for two weeks. I'm out of here. Or two years. Or 20 years. I don't want to be flipping about it. I mean, but it, like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if Jesus doesn't bring back the kid, if he doesn't fix the relationship, if he doesn't, you know, help the health issue, if he doesn't uh, address the work issue, if he doesn't bring more money, then we go, that's it. I'm out of here. What good is it worshiping a God if this is what I have to go? Why? Because your affection is on your comfort or on that person. You know, I've got tons of people that I can lure here because, and I stopped doing this because it just doesn't work. I mean, I've tried it and it just doesn't work. I say, oh, you have a bad marriage. Oh, you have a bad relationship. Oh, the children, you know, come to church. We'll help counsel you. You know what happens as soon as they get like a glimmer of hope? like within their marriage, like, you know, it's not, even, it's not even good yet. It's just not horrible anymore, right? You know what happens? They leave because their real God was resurrected. Their marriage, their family, their finances, their whatever. I can, I can never forget this one guy who came to our church, came with us faithfully six months, thought he was going to be a pastor. I mean, he was just really faithful. It was, when we, it was my first lesson in this. And he said, I'm, you know, he's just totally broke, he's living, I, I forget if he was with his mother or totally homeless or whatever, but he was like, man, I got to get this job, I got to get this job. We prayed fervently that he would get this job. Do you know what happened? I saw him again one other time, two other times. Uh, uh, it was on a Greyhound bus. I was going to somewhere outside of New York, and I was taking a Greyhound bus, and it just so happened, it was like seven years later. I was on a Greyhound bus. And I said, where have you been? How are things? What's going on? Well, you know, had to do the overtime and just, you know. 
He just kind of explained how his God was resurrected and here. Listen, here's how you guard your heart. You give yourself, you embrace your affection for Jesus because he's the only one. So, if you have your um, sermon maps, I want you to take them out because there's, there's a way... There's a way that I want you to start asking questions. Now we're going to get into the parenting part. There's a way that I need you to start asking questions to your children to raise them up to guard their heart. Now, the sermon map is the one where it's like a little piece of paper. It has a scripture on top. It tells you the title of the series. Now, listen up at me. Listen up at me. There's some stuff that needs to be cleared out if Jesus is going to be the ultimate affection of your life. So, here's some questions that I have for you. Listen, watch me. Your kids need this. Listen to me. If your kids are 30 years old, they need this. If your kids are, they need to, watch this. No matter what stage and age your children are, we need to, as a responsibility, teach them to guard their heart. Anybody know why? Because out of it comes the wellspring of life. Watch this. You'll never be able to teach your kids unless you start guarding your heart. Unless you yourself start guarding your heart, you'll never be able to share this with your kids. And so, even if you don't have kids, this is a great place to start. Not behavior modification, not, oh boy, I better not do that when she's around because I'll get the pow-pow. Oh, I better not act that way when the boss is around because I'll get demoted. I better not say that. Not that kind of stuff. Not strengthening your filter. Not that. No, no, no. Guarding your heart. Protecting your heart. Fighting. And giving your heart a new affection. Jesus. Making Him the great. Listen, it's hard to, to stand in your mind's eye, to stand before the cross, before a God, the ultimate creator of the universe, God Himself, to be suffering for you and for me. And to say, yeah, but I like this better. Like, if you can do that, you're just not saved. You just don't know Jesus. And so just go, God, give me an affection. Give me a love. Give me, give, make me overwhelmed by the gospel. Overwhelm me with worship of you so that I might worship less other things. You see? It's just like the principle of the boyfriend, right? You're at home, you're crying, what happens? You get a new boyfriend, at least for a couple of weeks, you're good, right? Because your affections have gone somewhere else. I'm not talking about something as, as vain as another boyfriend, or as another hobby, or as another trick, or as another... I'm talking about the eternal one of the universe, who, when he gives to you is like a spring. And some of you go, but wait, wait, wait. I've already received Jesus in my heart. I'm not talking about receiving Him. I'm talking about your affections. I'm talking about your desires. I'm talking about your longings. I'm talking about your thoughts. I'm talking about where all of life springs from. Here's a couple of questions and we're close. These are questions that I want you to start asking yourself. Start this week asking yourself this question. If you don't have kids, great. Prepare yourself. If you do have kids, start asking yourself. And then as the Holy Spirit leads you, 
ask them one or two of these questions a few times a week. You don't have to do it every day. Just a few times a week. Here's a question. Has anyone hurt you today? Guard your heart. Why? Because bitterness will come. Has anyone hurt you today? Has there been anyone who has said, done, did not say, did not do something that you wanted to? Oh, this is good. This is good if you're a parent. This is good if you're a, a husband or a wife. Ask yourself this question. Has anybody hurt you today? Anybody give you... Next question. Has anyone broken a promise to you today? Guard your heart. Listen, let me ask you something. If someone breaks a promise to you and you don't address it and you don't bring that and go, Lord, they've broken a promise. And let me tell you how your affection for Jesus will grow. And uh, watch this. It's like, it's like in marriage. I do this in marriage all the time. Whenever my wife upsets me, I always think about how I've done that to Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? In other words, if my wife disrespects me, I, I stop and pause sometimes. Um, I stop and pause and I go, Jesus, how have I disrespected you? And he never fails. He brings several things up to my mind. He'll say, this year and this instance and two years ago and three weeks ago and four days ago and five minutes ago. He'll say, this and this and this. And I go, Jesus, I did that to you and this is the way you felt? You, the way I'm feeling now is the way you felt when I disrespected you? And then you realize that the gospel has forgiven that. And you go, you've forgiven me for that? You know what happens? In your heart doesn't become bitter. It starts being overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. Isn't that precious? Not love him more, love him more. That's not it. It's just, oh, you've done this. And out of the overflow of that love that he's given to you, it's easy. Because let me tell you something. No one has offended you like you've offended Jesus. No one has molested you like you've molested Jesus. No one has hurt you like you've hurt Jesus. This just hasn't happened. Because he's holy, perfect, and pure. And we've got ulterior motives, and we're not so pure. So if you ask yourself, someone hurt me today? Oh God, how have I hurt you? Just build your love for Jesus. Are you mad at anyone? Are you mad at anyone? Is there anger in your heart towards anyone? Guard your heart. Husband, guard your heart. Wife, guard your heart. Divorces do not happen in courtrooms. They happen in the heart. Have you had long... I love this question. I really love this question. Have you had long arguments with someone in your head? Guard your heart. You know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. I have arguments with you in my head. I love having arguments with you in my head because I always win. I've, I've, listen, I've, listen, I've had fights with people in my head, and it's not only them, but it's their older brother and four other guys, and I'm like a ninja. I'm just like bad. And then somebody films it from their iPhone and puts it on YouTube, and I become an internet sensation overnight. I mean, in my head, have you had arguments with someone? For a long period of time, short period of time, in your head. Have you told someone off in your head? Have you given someone what for? Listen, you know where that's coming from? Not your mind. It's coming from your heart. 
and you're not guarding it well. There's something you're building there. There's a, a bitterness that you're growing there. Listen, I know some of you are sitting right here. This is like brand new. This is like hot off the press for you. How's your heart? How's your heart? Because out of it come the well spring of life. Have things come out of your mouth that you have to apologize for? Are things coming out of your mouth that you're going to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, yeah. That was so unlike me. No. Have you not listened to the sermon? It it comes from your heart. I love this next question. Listen to me. Do you secretly celebrate someone else's failure? Are you secretly celebrating someone else's failure? Like, you know, and, and it doesn't even have to be bells and whistles and it doesn't have to be party and, you know, you know, streamers and all things like that. But you're glad that that person didn't get the promotion. You're glad that that marriage fell apart. You're glad. You know, it could have been an ex-husband. You go, you know, I... I, <laughs> Man, I, gotta, I really got to, because I got to caution myself because this is going all over. There, there was a woman who was, she's not from this church. She doesn't live, even live in this state. Um, she, um, she was in love and fell in love with her childhood sweetheart. They had gone out and they had married. And then, you know, I'm like 15 years old, like lived, you know, and got married and had kids and all that other stuff. And then, you know, she got a little bit older, right? Just happens, right? And the husband went ahead and left her for a really blonde, really skinny, really young woman, right? The story doesn't end there. The, the, the story ends here. Well, it doesn't end yet, but so she was crushed and years later there was a, a, a family function that everybody had to go through and obviously he was invited because he was a part of the family and she's like, you know, wedding type thing and they both went and you couldn't imagine the glee in her heart. Anybody, any woman know where I'm going with this? When she looked over and the woman was a whale. I mean, she was just twice as big as she ever was. And every woman smiles at that. You go, yes! Where does that come from? It comes from your heart. She was glad that that's what happened. She was glad that there was difficulty. She was glad that they were going through it because she had lost some weight and was looking better. Isn't that the ultimate? Like, that's every chick flick, right? Right? That's every chick flick. Like, you, you lose the weight and she, you know, and then, you know, he wants you back and, like, you know, everybody does that, right? Watch this. That comes from your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Do you have any secrets? Are you keeping any secrets? Hmm? Any, any money you got stashed on the side for something we don't, nobody else knows about? Any, any ideas that you've been sort of, you know, we're just friends. Yeah? Why you? Listen, if you're not sure, if, and let me just tell you something. I tell this to all the guys. If you're not sure if you're planning an affair, just do this. 
you know, like, because guys will come up to me and they'll say, you know, man, I had a conversation with a woman and it got really sexual and, you know, and all this other stuff. And the first thing I do is I go, I go, I don't think that was like adultery. Was that adultery? I go, of course it was adultery. And, and they go, how is it adultery? We, we had our clothes on, nothing happened. We just hugged and we talked like that. I said, do me a favor. Go to your wife, give her a play-by-play about the entire meeting. Go to your wife and give her a play-by-play by the entire meeting. And if there's something in your heart that says, I ain't going to do that, then you already know it's adultery too. Any secrets? Holding anything in? Guard your heart. NBT, guard your heart. Listen, divorces don't happen in courtrooms. They happen in hearts. Mean-spirited acts don't happen in life. They happen in your heart first. Relapses don't happen in crack houses and on corners. They happen in your heart first. Breakups don't happen. Destruction of families don't happen in homes. They first happen in your heart. Is there anything going on that you hope no one discovers? Anything at all? It's a good question. Just before you go to sleep, ask yourself that question. Have you lied recently to someone you love? Questions of the heart. Now, if we do, let me just tell you, could you imagine? Could you imagine if we actually started to guard our heart? Could you imagine what would happen if you have a lust issue and rather than trying to address the behavior like, you know, well, I'm just not going to go on the computer or I'm just not going to turn on the cable or I'm just not going to go down that block or I'm just not going to call that person. Could you imagine if you would just guard your heart and it never becomes an affection and that you go, Jesus, I want to look, ple- I want to look for pleasure from that person, but I'd rather seek, ple- I'd rather seek pleasure from you. You are my pleasure. You are my joy. You are my... Or, if you guard your heart from greed, what would happen? What would happen if you guarded your heart from greed? Man, if you guarded your heart from greed, then your marriage might be more healthy. Your kids might actually want to spend time with you. Your, 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 your life might be... You might take a 20% pay cut and take an 80% improvement on your life. Listen. What would happen if you guarded your heart from... Listen to me. This is a big one in this group. What, if, what would happen if you guarded your heart from guilt? Hey, who would you stop being a slave to? Who would you start giving yourself a little room from? Who would you... Who would you give to Jesus as opposed to trying to be their Jesus? Oh, guard your heart for how does it come the wellspring of life. Could you imagine how wonderful life would be if you started to guard your heart and long before the affection came in, long before, while it was still, while it was just a thought, wouldn't it be incredible? Here's my, my prayer is that you would start guarding your heart. My prayer is that you would find an affection greater than you. That you would find an affection in Jesus. Here it is. That everything that came into your heart, Lord, 
This is why I love the sovereign hand of God. The stuff that happened to me when I was a kid, when I was uh, um, molested, and when I was... I don't have to go back to that. You know why? Because I go, in the end, Jesus, you're going to sort all that out. Those who deserve punishment, you're going to give punishment. Those who deserve... You're going to sort all that out in the end. And so I don't have to live with that. With my wife, if, she, if there's disrespect, Lord, how have I done that? Lord, I never want to disrespect you like that again. If it's using, you go, Lord, how can I stop? Wait up, Lord. I find, I find that my needs are met, my desires are met by this chemical, by this drink, by this injection, by this... Be my fulfillment. Be my joy. Be my all in all. Jesus said it this way. Without me, you can do no things. But with me, you can do all things. You can get over bitterness. You can have a pure heart. You can walk in righteousness. Your relationship. Your husband might stop asking you, where'd that come from? All I did was ask your husband would stop asking that question and there would be harmony in the relationship if we would just start guarding our heart. Listen, as we learn to guard our hearts, we have to teach our children to guard our hearts, to guard their hearts. They're little itty-bitty children. You know how powerful this is? Just going up to your kid and going, how's your heart? And they'll tell you, fine. You mad at anybody? Anybody broke a promise to you today? Yeah, you did. You said we were going to go to the park, and we didn't. didn't matter that it was a monsoon outside and everything. Watch this. It's their heart. You can help them guard their heart. Because at 17, that's a rebellion that you can't hold on to. And it started way over here with something. Oh, now, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I know that mommy promised that I didn't think it was going to rain like this, or I didn't think it was going to... Can we make a... Can we do it again? Can we... What about tomorrow? Or maybe tomorrow's, you know, maybe next weekend. Guard your heart. And more than that, practice. In God. Could you imagine what this would be like with a 13-year-old girl? Like 13-year-old girls, their, their lives are like EKGs, right? Have you ever met? Like, the, you know, that, that's why when, you know, I, I see these girly movies that say, I tell my kids, I, my kids know this right from the start. I tell my kids, you know, they go, you know, like, you know, uh, some movie. And in the end of the movie, the point is, what's the point? Anybody know? Follow your... Oh, God. Please don't do that. Not as a 13-year-old girl. Don't follow your heart. You'll leave and be married, you know, with a... Tw- you know, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't follow your heart, right? Because their hearts are like this. Like, at one point, they're related, and the next point... And all you got to do is look around at the women who are older than 21. And no, boy, you wanted to commit suicide. You know, you wanted to commit suicide. And then, you know, life was the greatest thing that it's ever was, all in the same day, right? Don't do that. You know, boys are like this too, but I'm just saying, right? So imagine what this would be like with your teenager. Hey, you mad at anybody today? You, you, you have any resentment with anyone today? Hey... Have you had an argument with anyone in your head today? Did anybody break a promise to you? Oh, let me tell you something. You would give your child one of the greatest gifts 
that they could ever receive if you practice this verse with them. Now, we're going to do it five more times, three times with it on the screen, two times with it not on the screen. Here's what I want you to do as you go home. I want you just this week to ask yourself the questions. If God leads you to ask your children one or two of the questions, by the way, you don't go into their room and you don't go uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, you don't go down the list. As the Spirit leads you, you go, hey, you angry with anybody today? Anybody break a promise to you today? Hey, as the Spirit leads, because it'll be so, you'll so guard your heart, it'll be easy as the Spirit brings it out so that they can have their focus on the gospel, on Jesus. Okay, so we're going to go over this verse five more times. I want you to memorize it. So this week, all I want you to do as a direct result of this message is I want you to start asking yourself the question. For some of you, it's the reason why your last relationship didn't work. You didn't guard your heart. You didn't guard your heart and you let some affection of another man or another woman in. For some of you, it's the reason why you got fired. You know, you just didn't guard your heart and and you let some stupid things happen at work. Listen, guard your heart. So let's read it together. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now without the words. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Again, nice and loud. Above all else... Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Like you really mean it this time. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. One last time, like you're going to do it. Guard your heart. Listen, if you would practice this, Next year, your life will be totally changed. You'll be in love with Jesus. Like, and by the way, it's not about you uh, working harder, trying more. It's about changing. Remember what we said. It's about changing your affections from what's on this earth to the Holy One, Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. You have a yellow card. The, um, the singers and the musicians are going to come up today. You have in front of you... Uh,